Welcome to the Scottish Business Network podcast. Hello, I'm Fraser Allen. Welcome to episode 41. After two COVID-19 crisis specials, we're taking a break for this episode, dipping into our archive and publishing for the first time an interview that was recorded back in February, those seemingly distant pre-lockdown days. It features a wonderful Scottish furniture designer of global renown, Michael Mancini. Michael was born into an Italian-Scottish family in Ayrshire, who had built a successful business around ice cream. However, the ice cream parlours held no allure for Michael, who from an early age was fascinated by working with wood. After decades of training and hard work, his company 1718 now creates incredible furniture for clients around the world, often in the style of Thomas Chippendale and Edwin Lutyens. I met Michael in Glasgow on a rather chilly Valentine's Day. Hello, Michael Mancini. Hi, Fraser. How are you? I'm good. It's good to see you. We're, we're sitting in the centre of Glasgow in an yep. incredibly cold room. Absolutely freezing. <laughs> so cold. And so if you hear teeth chattering, you'll know what it is, but we'll try and warm ourselves up with a bit of conversation. And the first thing that I wanted to ask you, Michael, is that a lot of people I've interviewed in the podcast series to date yep. have hopped around from one sector to another. Uh-huh. But your career has been very much defined by a specific uh, passion and a talent that you have, which is for making furniture. So where did that, where did that all come from in the first place? Well, school days. Um, yeah, way back from, from school um, into woodwork. And then when I left the school, I YTS at New Curiosity Shop in here. Growing up, you know, it, uh, lots of distractions as a young man. I know you're really into your football, lots of things you could be doing. What was it about you in those woodworking classes at school that just kind of captured your imagination? I think it was just the, the whole medium of the timber and of the, the wood, I think it was just the material. Um, just really, really enjoyed learning about how it worked and how you put things together with it. Um, and then from there, moved on and did my, my furniture restoration, which I think gave me a completely different side to it because you were finding out about how past generations had put things together and how things looked and also functioned as well. Um, although, although they looked good, there was also a function to them. And this this was a YTS scheme. That was a YTS if you remember scheme, yes. that, that yes, famous uh, phrase. Yep. Yeah. So what was that? Twenty eight quid a so, week or something like really, that. Yeah. Yep. But you got yep. a lot, lot lot out of that. Yeah, absolutely. That, that was just absolutely. in. Yeah. That was in air. That was in air. Yeah. 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 So from then you. you from there, you then moved, moved on to Glasgow College of Building and Printing, right. which was yeah. just at George Square, just, right. just behind us. Um, and it was again, it was great. The tutors were great, and that was more learning about um, cabinet making side of things. How you took a design, how you took an idea, worked it through the design process, and then you actually honed your skills in the making side of things. So to those of us, very much including myself, who know nothing about cabinet making, what what are some of those key skills that you need to pick Uh, up? I think one, you need to be practical, um, and I think it is, it's one of those ones that you either either love it or you hate it. Absolutely love it. And I think for me the the thing that I love about it is that you start with, with an idea to start off with or you start with no idea and then you get an idea and then at the end of the day you've created this this masterpiece. Um, In your case, I mean, a lot of people are very practical, you know, yeah. can be fantastically good at DIY, but in your case you, you've got the practical skills but you've also got that kind of design element to you. It's, it's quite yeah, a, an I, unusual I like combination yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, no, I enjoy that side of it. I enjoy trying to, to work out what it is a client's looking for and try and work out not only, you know, is it to match something or 
again back to the function element how how, how is that piece of fun uh, furniture going to function in that client's right. house so and, and after college you, you then got a job yeah, in, in, in Glasgow, Glasgow. Yep, in Glasgow and, and again it was just honing my, my skills in cabinet making so, so I it then kind of five, five years or so of, of learning the, the trade yeah, yeah, so that's uh, so you had you had a very intense lengthy absolutely. training period yeah, then absolutely yeah yep. yeah period mm. of time it takes to, to get there yeah because you've got to go through the different elements you know there's different elements to the to the to the work there's obviously the design side but there's then there's the machining of the rough timber and then there's you know you hone that down and finesse it cut joints and then you, you end up polishing it so there's it goes through a whole whole series of of mm. aspects to get to that nice piece of furniture and while you were going through this this process, was it always at the back of your mind that you'd like to be a master of your own destiny and set up your own business? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. A lot of my family members have all had their own businesses, so it was always kind of in the back of my mind that yeah, one day I would quite like to do it for myself. Because right. um, you're Italian heritage Italian, originally, yeah. yeah so yeah. family, fish and chips and ice absolutely. cream. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Family came across from um, small village Atina, sort of between Rome and Naples, behind Monte Cassino. Um, and then they, they well, came across to London first and then came up and settled in there. Right. So, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, the, the shop was there for over 100 years. Wow. So. And do you, do, you, do you go back to, do you have a sort of sense of belonging? Do you feel Italian? Or kind of? I, I have a draw to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. have a kind of favouritism towards it. Right, yeah. 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 I still have family back in, back in um, Atina, well, Monte Cassino. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you go when the, when the World Cup's on, you've got the, you got the Italian it. football shirt hanging up That's in the absolutely. wardrobe Definitely. there. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Bring that one out. Yeah. So, then, so then you, how, did, how did you come up to set up your own business then? What was the kind of process there? Um, well, process there was, just, was, again, a massive learning curve. You know, yourself having your own business, all the different elements that you've got to do. So that one was, the, the strange one for me was being practical hands-on making furniture to all of a sudden realising that you've got to deal with paperwork and you've got to deal with accounts, managing cash flow, getting money in, getting money out, pricing work and mm. working out how long it's going to take you to do something and trying to get that sort of correct because obviously if you've under undersold it or you know, allowed too long then you're on the risk of not getting the work so it was a, it was a big learning curve. I right, wonder how you juggle that because right. it's a it's a it's a common issue with with particularly with kind of craft people to you know you, you get um, you know you you may be a fantastic <clears throat> baker and everyone wants to come to your shop and buy your bread and you're so successful that you end up opening yeah. ten shops yeah. and before you know it you're not actually making any bread yourself you're just no. managing a business <laughs> yeah. so how do you but you need to be the very much the face of the business because people want to buy. Bespoke yeah. furniture from Michael Mancini. I think it came it came to a, a point where I was I was stretched between trying to do too many things. You're trying to stand on a bench and, and make the piece of furniture. You're also trying to to look ahead and see what works coming up. So you're and you're dealing with clients to try and get orders in, and you're dealing with the accounts. And I think there had to come a point where I had to decide. I had to make that choice: do I stay on the bench or do I take myself away from that? Mm. side and focus on running the business right. and that was the side I chose do I miss not being on the bench 
<laughs> no, I don't miss it. I don't miss that side of things at all. Right. But I, I do enjoy still having that interaction with a client, and you know, as I said earlier, getting the information from them as to what it is they want, mm. and having the knowledge that I've got as being a cabinet maker that I know that well, you know, I've I've got the the technical ability to talk them through how that piece is going to be made, and then I can convey that back to the workshop. Right. And that's, it seems, from what I know of you, I mean, you spend a lot of your time out and about meeting yeah. the clients and, yeah. um, and and developing that relationship with them. Yeah, that, so is, that is developing that relationship, mm. yeah. You're well known for creating furniture, in particular in the style of uh, Thomas Chippendale and Edwin Lutyens. Um, why are they kind of such inspirational characters for you and why is it a good fit with the business? I think I think one of the first books I ever got in woodwork was the the gentleman and cabinet maker's notebook, which was a, a book by Thomas Chippendale. I think that's really where he made his name. He had basically taken his designs and etched them all onto a plate, and then published this book with these these etchings. Um, I think if for me Chippendale was a kind of optimum level of of, of furniture making. You know, we look at what we have, the furniture we have in Dumfries House, local to us, and some of that furniture is just absolutely stunning. Um, Lutyens is slightly different because Sir Edwin Lutyens was a famous architect, um, but he also created furniture designs as well. And we have a great relationship with his granddaughter, Candia Lutyens, and um, we, we manufacture the furniture in a Lutyens style through Candia, working from Sir Edwin's original drawings. Sometimes we have to adapt it to suit where it's going, so it gives us a wee bit of flexibility. But yeah, no, it's, it's lovely It's lovely work to be involved in. Again, with me, my background being in the, the furniture antique, the restoration, it kind of you know, pulls me back into that again, and I enjoy that side of it, as well as designing something or making something that's, that's you know, contemporary. Because again, it comes back to what suits the client and what suits their needs. Yes. But so you, you you don't purely do work in those no, styles. No, no, we don't it, just stick to the traditional to style. We, mm. we we do the whole mixture from traditional right through to to really contemporary. Right. And some of the contemporary materials we're using this now, we're getting some really nice effects on. Um, some straw marquetry panels, um, some some new metal finishes that are that are on the market, some acrylic lacquers and some of the finishes you can get nowadays is, right. is amazing. Yeah. yeah. So And uh, we've we've talked about your customers, but who are your, your customers? Um customers are mainly sort of high net worth individuals, um interior designers or or, or high end again architects. So yeah, it's, it's a nice level work in it. And it's nice you level. do a mixture of sort of private private commissions for houses yeah, but also yeah, corporate that bought yeah, yeah. let's tell us about some of the sort of yeah, interesting well, ones you've done recently quite a few private individuals wouldn't even any mention any names but yeah we'll get we'll get a nice nice core core um, group of private individuals that we work for and give us nice referrals um, some of the commercial products we've done probably the nicest one to date has been Yale University over in the States um, we created some amazing Lutchen style um dining room tables and some side tables and big sofas for them so it was lovely to be involved with them and it was done through Ramza and Robert E. M. Stern one of the again high-end New York based architects so it was it was a lovely project for us all to collaborate on yeah. and, and you mentioned there the state so I mean you're, you're, you're very much not just selling within the UK. What are your no, key, no, key we're, markets? We're, we're, we're trying to expand at this minute and we are looking to go further afield. America is, is 
quite a big market for us and we're starting to get a wee sort of foothold in the States. We've got projects in New York, Austin, San Francisco. Um, we've also been in, um, exhibited in Dubai in October last year and that went really well for us and we now have a, an agent across there in the Middle East representing us so we're starting to filter into there as well. So yeah. No, and and you're getting a few air miles in as well. And we're certainly getting a few yeah. air miles in, yes. yes. How would you like the business to develop over the next five to ten years? I think the, the same way as we're going. We'd like to, to take it further afield, take it into, into new markets, Middle East, America. Um, you know, so, yeah, no, we're looking to, looking to try and scale up and, and get a, a, a real foothold into these, right. into these yeah. places. Now, Michael, from all the experience that you've gained over the, the time that you've been running the business, is there any advice that you would have given to the young Michael Mancini as he first set up shop? Oh, um, nah, there's, there's been a few mistakes in there. Um, would I do it again? Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, I, think, I think probably would be making that decision earlier to stay on a bench or to come off and, and you know, run the business. I think I kind of lingered on that one a bit too long. So my advice would be, you know, you kind of got to make that decision and, and, and move on. And I suppose the other thing is, is a, lot, a lot of the time is really to trust your gut reaction. You know, you might find that a client's not quite the right fit for, for you or you might find that, um, you know, the job suits someone else and doesn't quite fit in with what you've got running alongside or or how you work and I think sometimes we try to please everybody and I think sometimes we should kind of trust for gut reaction and say no it's not quite yeah. for us Are there any pieces of furniture you've created that you're particularly proud of? Well yeah them all um, yeah no particularly particularly proud of the Yale the Yale stuff is really nice um, but we also have really nice client down in Brighton and it started off kind of doing one piece and then we ended up almost doing a piece in every room in the house and every piece is different, um, different materials, different timbers have been used on those pieces, different styles, different designs and uh, yeah, I look back on that one and think that one was, that was a nice project. Uh, and if you hadn't been a cabinet maker of considerable repute, what career do you think you might have pursued? Selling ice cream. Um, <laughs> no, I, I loved football when I was younger, but was never was never ever good enough to make the the, the grade. Um, I grew up watching Kenny Dalglish um, players like that. So yeah, I think if if I could have chosen what it would have been, then it would have been a footballer. But was never was never ever good enough. Well, uh, football's loss was furniture's gain, uh, and is, I'm intrigued by your, your own home. I mean, is your house some sort of cornucopia of Lutchens-inspired cabinets and chairs, or is it a bit of like Ikea in there like everybody else? Or? Absolutely. Absolutely. Ikea in there, yeah. Um, three young kids, well, if I say three young kids, kind of teenager and then um, ten and eight, so no, it's no, it's no palatial palace, no. Absolutely not. One day, a comfortable one family day, home. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah it's well lived in. Yeah. <laughs> and do you, do you disappear into the garage to do a bit of work, woodworking in the I evenings? You've got your no, own little I projects? No, I don't, I, don't, I don't at all. No, try and stay away from that. Well, as we've done in some of these episodes, I'm going to finish with five quick questions for you, Michael, just for okay. a bit of fun. Are you ready? Yep, cool. What's the first record you bought? Oh, first record. Um, Adam and the Ants, Stand and Deliver. It's not a bad sure choice, not sure a bad choice. <laughs> you are, I'm afraid, yeah. Well, I obviously have a similar vintage dream car. 
Dreamcar, um, being Italian descent, it would all have to be a Ferrari, but then again, I love the brand and I love Aston Martin, so it would be a toss up. That's a hard one. It's, it's, it's a not, hard one. Not a bad choice to have to make between the two of them. Favourite place in the world? <sighs> it's got to be New York, but San Giamano down below Siena comes a close second. All right, okay, yeah. You, and are they places you've visited complete quite opposite. a few times? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. completely opposite. Yeah. You know, obviously, as you know, New York is full on. Mm. Um, San Giamano is a wee bit more quaint. It's a bit yes. know, sort of medieval town, so it's a walled, walled right. city. Yeah. So completely opposite. Right. What's for dinner tonight? No idea. <laughs> Absolutely no idea. It's Friday night, by the way, <laughs> listeners. Uh, I don't know. A glass of wine. We'll yeah, start with that uh, and then sounds, sounds, sounds like a good idea. <laughs> You've already had some soup, actually. Yeah, no, it was lovely. Uh, and finally, who is your hero? Who's my hero? Um, Nelson Mandela. Um, for uh, everything that he stood for. For all the, yeah. all the, the yeah. obvious reasons. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks very much, Mike. It's no, been pleasure. lovely to Thank get you. an insight into your, your career and, and your interests and been, been a really interesting interview. No thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks, Fraser. Michael is a lovely guy and so modest about his achievements. It's well worth having a look at the work on his website, which is www.1718, that's the numbers not spelt out, ltd, as in limited.com. So that's 1718ltd.com. Hope you enjoyed it and we'll be back soon. To find out more about the Scottish Business Network, simply visit sbn.scot.